The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii, Apostolic Faith Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour a blessing. Greetings in the sweet name of Jesus. I'm Head Pastor Billy Han Jr. And I would like to thank you for joining us today. We would like to welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade telecast, being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV, channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC, channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBTV, channel 8, and Comcast channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV, channel 28 in Eureka. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV, channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on Charter Cable channel 1519 in Los Angeles. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KQTA-TV, channel 15.3 and Comcast channel 238 in San Francisco, Oakland, and San Jose. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY, channel 9 in El Central California and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO, channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, parts of Nevada and Wyoming. And from 6 to 7 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church, located at 1043 Middle Street, is the headquarters of the gospel of the kingdom of God for the whole world, with the sign of the roof of the temple, Jesus coming soon. A landmark in Kali for 99 years, and our prayer tower, the first of its kind in Hawaii, dedicated exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Lockbaum on August the 4th, 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William M. Hahn Sr., in 1959, who continued the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, saints, wherever you are, and in the shut-ins, and those of you in the hospitals and convalescent homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. To start off today's program, the church choir under the direction of Emilia Hahn will give praise to the Savior by singing the number entitled, Swing Down Chariot. 
We thank the Lord that we can find sweet refuge, the cares and mercy of this world in this sweet chariot ride. Our Lord and Savior is there to deliver us and give us a calm and easy escape when we have much distress and turmoils in our daily lives. He is our strength and guide that will lead us to the promised land. church band under my direction will play the song entitled Heaven Came Down and Glory Filled My Soul. Yes, television viewers, as we surrender all to Jesus and put our faith, hope, and trust in His hands, heaven will surely come into our hearts and fill our souls with peace, joy, and happiness.
associate pastor, Seth Makanasano Sr., will sing the beautiful song, Keep Me Trusting. The words to this song have a lot of meaning and are so touching. Keep Me Trusting should be our prayer to always trust in the Lord and keep our faith strong and ever burning in our hearts. Here's an excerpt of the words of the song. Father, keep me trusting, yielding glad to thy will. Though 10,000 foes surround me, let me trust thee and be still. Keep me trusting in the morning When the threatening clouds appear May thy promises, O Father Fill my heart with hope with cheer Keep me ever trusting, yielding gladly to thy will. Though ten thousand fold surround me, let me trust thee and be still. Keep me trusting still at noontide When the foe is pressing sore Thou art able to deliver Keep me trusting more and more Keep me ever trusting, yielding gladly to thy will. Though ten thousand fold surround me, let me trust thee and be still. Keep me trusting as the shadows Deeper grow at eventide May thy perfect peace possess me In my heart, O Lord, abide Father, keep me ever trusting, yielding gladly to thy will. Though ten thousand fold surround me, let me trust thee and be still. Father, keep me ever trusting, Yielding gladly to thy will Though ten thousand fold surround me Let me trust thee and be still Now 
The church choir will now sing their second number for today entitled, The Church Must Stand Together. Daily we pray for the Lord to keep us in the unity of His Holy Spirit. Our Lord is a solid rock and firm foundation. We stand on His word and the mighty promises that are ahead. For where there is unity, there is strength, power, and victory. Please follow along and sing with the choir as you see the words on your screen. Yeah. 
The trumpet section of the band, under the direction of Christian, will play the song entitled The Royal Telephone. Yes, viewers, prayer is a royal telephone that gives us a direct connection to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. No matter where we are and what time it is, the Lord always hears our prayers. For prayer is the strength of the gospel. It is prayer that moves the mighty hand of God that moves the whole world. today are Christy, Seneca Rose, and Sierra Lynn Hahn, blending their voices in sweet harmony to the spirit-inspiring song, For Those Tears I Died. The Lord is standing at the door to your hearts today. Let His love loosen the chains that are binding you and open your hearts to Him. For today is a day of salvation, if you will but hear His voice. At this time, it gives me great pleasure to dedicate this number to Shirley Ferreira. May the Lord continue to bless and strengthen you and keep you safe in the hollow of His sweet hands. Have a beautiful Sunday.
sweet name of Jesus. I'm Associate Pastor Melvin Honda, and I would like to repeat our television time station locations in the continental United States for a viewing audience, especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California, that these telecasts can now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC channel 13 in Palm Springs, 
from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBTV channel 8 and Comcast channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV channel 28 in Eureka. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on Charter Cable channel 1519 in Los Angeles. And from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KQTA-TV channel 15.3 and Comcast channel 238 in San Francisco, Oakland, and San Jose. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY Channel 9 in El Centro, California, and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming and from 6 to 7 a.m. on Time Warner Cable, channel 5503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about the gospel work and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website on JesusComingSoon.org. And now concerning the schedule of gospel services here in our home state, Hawaii, services held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sundays, gospel services start at 10 a.m. and divine healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m. and prayer service are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. At our Kamiki Branch Church located at 1361 Pololo Avenue, gospel services held every Wednesday evening only at 7 p.m. The same schedule is observed by neighbor island branch churches as services are also conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Castanera Sr. in Kanakakai, Molokai, by Pastor Walter I. Tinloi in Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Lena K. Y. Asano Sr. in Koloa, Kauai, by Pastor Hannibal Espera in Balogo, Pikawayan, and by Pastor Vesper Espera in President Rojas, Cotopato, Mindanao, Philippines. At our Maui Branch Church in Lahaina, Maui, services are held every second Sunday of the month. You are welcome to attend these services regardless of church affiliations. There are no collections. However, if you desire to voluntarily contribute to support these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donation to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. And now I'd like to return our program to head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., who will bring forth his spirit-directed and spirit-inspired sermon. Pastor Billy? Thank you, Melvin. We all need comfort, strength, guidance, wisdom, and solutions to the many and unending problems we encounter in our daily lives. What better way to address our human perplexities than by seeking and turning to Jesus, our Lord and Savior, to fulfill those needs? I thank you for joining us in today's telecast. I sincerely pray the Lord will touch your hearts and the sermon I have readied for this telecast and entitled, What Purpose? does water baptism serve? Will be that important step in the right direction which you seek. When Jesus was upon the earth, Jews and Gentiles alike refused to accept him and the purpose he came to fulfill. In all social classes, he was rejected from kings and governors to the people who worked the fields. Though the words he spoke aroused the interest and curiosity of many, very few were saved according to this gospel. The situation, remains the same today as it did then. Unbelief is prevalent. Sin is preferred over godliness, and very few want to make a change in their lives. The atmosphere is as described in Jeremiah 5.1. 
running to and fro through the streets of Jerusalem, and see now, and know, and seek in the broad places thereof, if ye can find a man, if there be any that execute his judgment, that seeketh the truth, and I will pardon. Yes, this present world has grown accustomed to sin. The decline in morals is very apparent, and to remove any conviction that a conscientious spirit may encounter, mankind has changed the laws to approve sin. Paul described the act plainly, the strength of sin is the law. To find out what purpose baptism serves, we must refer to the scriptures. After all, Jesus is the ultimate source of wisdom and the administrator of baptism. The scriptures address two changes that have taken place. Since the beginning of this dispensation of grace, one is referred to as reformation and the other as transformation. Each carries its own significance when addressed within the realm of Jesus Christ. Reformation refers to a change in method and transformation refers to a change in heart as we read from Galatians 4, 4 to 5. But when the fullness of the time was come, God sent forth his son made of a woman, made under the law, to redeem them that were under the law, that we might receive the adoptions of sons. Did you know that every feast, every sacrifice, every ordinance of worship was instituted by God for the sole purpose of preparing the world for the Savior and King, who was to be revealed later? When the scriptures refer to the fullness of times, it means that the time was right, and what was about to happen was part of God's plan. Through Isaiah, the prophecy was given to Israel. The sign will be a virgin giving birth to a man-child. His name will be called Emmanuel. It came to pass 740 years later with the birth of Christ. The world was not prepared for him. He did not arrive in a manner which they approved. In their eyes, he was not of a royal lineage. Nevertheless, he was the King of kings, Lord of lords, and the Son of God. Let us look at Reformation to get a better understanding of how it is relative to salvation. Reformation means to make things right, setting things straight, or to make things clear to the understanding of those that love him. Let us read in Hebrews 9, 9 to 10, which was a figure for the time then present, in which were offered both gifts and sacrifices that could not make him that did the surface perfect as pertaining to the conscience, which stood only in meats and drinks and in diverse washings and carnal audiences, imposed them until the time of reformation. We are very fortunate today that we do have the Bible to refer to. The words that are written in the Bible are sufficient to bring about a heart of repentance that a soul might be saved the scripture highlights the ups and downs of Israel so as to allow us in this present day to learn from their shortcomings and to fall not into the same example of unbelief. We're also very fortunate that through the Spirit of the Lord, we're able to see the entire concept or what may be referred to as the big picture. Do you realize that all the pieces of this massive puzzle are in its proper place and just about complete? The signs around us depict the critical times in which we live. In the beginning, God imposed rites of worship upon Israel. They followed these rites to the letter, but without understanding what it all meant. They knew Abraham's sacrifice of Isaac and that it really was a test of faith. 
Today we see the story not only as a test of faith, but how God would send His only begotten Son as a sacrifice for sin. Though being instructed to shed the blood of His Son and give up His life as a sacrifice for sin, Abraham firmly believed that God he worshipped would resurrect Him from the dead. This is what Paul meant when he spoke of Reformation. The Old Testament rites and worship were a shadow of things to come. The tradition of their forefathers was based on the oracles given to them by God. The stringency of the law as represented through Moses was not intended to save anyone, but to instill obedience from a people chosen by the Lord. The sacrifices were meant to withhold the hand of the Lord from falling upon them because of their sin. In other words, they were temporarily being spared. However, when the fullness of the times was come, we see Jesus, who's the author and finisher of our faith. He is able to save and forgive sins, and for this statement, the Jews adamantly objected. In his discussions with those who opposed his words, he plainly said, Think not that I am come to destroy the Lord or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, but to fulfill. This is what Reformation is. Jesus came to fulfill, that is to make things right, to make things clear, and to pave the way to the invisible God through himself. Let us read in Hebrews 9.23. It was therefore necessary that the patterns of things in the heavens should be purified with these, but heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. Paul clarified how the blood of Jesus exceeded the yearly sacrifices of the bulls, goats, and heifers that could only purify the flesh. In other words, obtaining leniency. He places Jesus in the epitome of sacrifices. Read verse 14. How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? The sacrifice Jesus made saved spirit, soul, and body from the wages of sin. Though death may be a path destined for some of us before the coming of the Lord, we know and believe in our hearts that our spirit, soul, and body will be re reunited to be with the Lord forevermore. For us, physical death is temporary, and the grip of the grave is overcome through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He lives, and we shall live also. Let us read in Romans 6, 3-6, Knowing not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into His death, Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. For if we have been planted together in the likeness of his death, we shall be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed, that henceforth we should not serve sin. Simply speaking, baptism resembles the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. When we surrender ourselves to the Lord, we are in essence crucifying ourselves with Him. Doing so, we have put the old man to death and buried him and have been raised into a newness of life. We have received another lease on life with a requirement to serve Him wholeheartedly and righteously. The resurrection also addresses the day when we shall be raised in His likeness. As we hear those words, come up hither. Let us read in 1 Peter 3.21, The like figure whereunto even baptism doth also now save us, not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, 
but the answer of a good conscience toward God. Specifically, water alone does not remove sin. And theology has taken its application out of its proper context. The symbolism of water, when accompanied with the name of Jesus, is paramount. Peter made it clear it is not a washing of the flesh as in bathing, but it is the answer of a good conscience toward God. Yes, TV viewers may feel that it is awkward to ask someone to get baptized because it is against the prevalent practice in churches today. Baptism has suffered ridicule and will continue to do so, but nevertheless, it is a commandment of God. When Jesus and the prophets performed miracles, at times it was done in an unorthodox manner. When Naaman wanted to be cleansed of his leprosy, he was told to see the prophet Elijah. Upon speaking with Elijah, he assumed that he would do some great prayer or be asked to do some great feat in order to be healed. But the instructions were simple. Go and wash into Jordan seven times, and thy flesh shall come again to thee, and thou shalt be clean. Though he was not happy over how he, a great man, was being treated, he nevertheless obeyed, and his flesh was made as clean as a little child. A man that was born blind was made to see again when Jesus spat on the ground and made clay. Jesus anointed the eyes of this blind man with the clay and told him to go and wash in the pool of Siloam. The man went his way, therefore, and washed and came seeing. Though unconventional, as his methods appeared to be, if they were not followed to the letter such as go and wash, Naaman and the blind man would not have been healed. Go means to be obedient and proceed in faith, and wash means to go and make oneself clean. Thus, these are examples of a good conscience toward God. As we search the scriptures, the word baptism is used under various circumstances. It is used when referring to the process of being immersed completely in water. The operation associates the convert as having God's, kept God's commandment and has become a member of the body of Christ versus a member of a church. It is used when referring to someone who is recipient of the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. The spiritual experience is referred to as being baptized in the spirit. Jesus said in John 14, 20, In that day ye shall know that I am my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. And in Matthew 3, 11, I indeed baptize you with water to repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Speaking of the Holy Spirit, Jesus spoke of another comforter, and that comforter would abide with one forever, speaking in the Holy Spirit. In another situation, Jesus said, as we read in Luke 12, 50, But I have a baptism to be baptized with, and how am I straight until it is accomplished? This meant he was fully aware of his purpose, and he would fulfill it to the letter. Today, he encourages all believers to drink of the cup that he will drink from, and to be baptized with the baptism that he is baptized with. In other words, believers are exhorted to earnestly and sincerely contend for the faith which was once delivered to the saints and endure the hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Thinking how this world is deeply engrossed in sin, do you think God's message is getting across in the manner it should be? Looking very closely, television viewers, you will find how there is misconception about the meaning of salvation, how to achieve it. Diverse doctrines exist, all claim to have the truth and saying they have the same spirit and intent of the scriptures, but have taken a different approach in getting to the kingdom of God. 
A majority have been led to believe that by joining a church, keeping religious rules, following a religious creed, and doing the best they can will save them. This could not be further from the truth. A church, a family member, charitable works, or a pastor cannot remove sins and save you from the consequences of sin. The only one that has the power to save is Jesus. Liberal churches scorn the idea of repentance and the miraculous conversion of a sinner. Others denounce the practice of water baptism, saying it is old-fashioned and outdated. Others have placed themselves in contempt by saying, water will not save anyone and all you need is faith. Churches are found in compromise and God is not well pleased. The message of the gospel is simple and uncomplicated. It is a message of deliverance from the bondage of sin and not a message of condemnation. The Bible speaks of God's wrath upon a disobedient and sinful people. Thus, God's provision of deliverance is significant because it will provide a way of escape from the penalty of sin. The words of Jesus ring out as we read in Luke 4, 18-19, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He had sent, had sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Yes, Jesus brought life and immortality to light through the gospel of the kingdom of God. Thus Jesus heals, Jesus baptizes the Holy Ghost and with fire, and Jesus is coming soon. Let us read in John 3, 5. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. And in the sixth and to the seventh verse, it reads, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. Here Jesus was expounding the word of God with a member of the Sanhedrin. His name was Nicodemus, and he was a Pharisee. We often associate Pharisees, Sadducees, and scribes as fierce adversaries of Jesus. For example, the reputation of Saul caused great fear among the Jewish converts. However, Nicodemus had a different spirit about him. Though having all the knowledge obtained through the learning of the oracles given to his forefathers, the presence of Jesus stirred an extreme level of conviction upon him. Let us read in John 3, 2, The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do these miracles that thou doest except God be with him. Nicodemus respectfully acknowledged Jesus as one having been sent by God. Because who else could have said such words with power and conviction and performed miracles that Jews had never seen since the time of the prophets? Having the solace of repentance, Nicodemus did not attempt to discredit or explain away the miracles that Jesus performed, but readily accepted them as a sign of confirmation. Thus, having the spirit of repentance working mightily upon him, he chose to seek out Jesus during the cover of night. The conversation he had with Jesus was short and brief. In all probability, as Jesus spoke the words of salvation, his heart burned within him, seeing how the mystery of godliness was being revealed to him. Let us turn to and read Acts 2.38. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Repentance means godly sorrow for sin. Remission means to have one's sins removed. Thus, water baptism resembles the death burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. This is what is meant by being born of water, to be born of the Spirit, to be filled with the Holy Ghost, as evidenced by speaking in an unknown tongue or language. 
Along with the name of Jesus, the speaking in tongues is the very foundation of the Pentecostal church. We read in Acts 4.12, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. This scripture confirms how everything that pertains to godliness and the righteousness of God hinges upon Jesus Christ. Today is a day of salvation, if you will simply hear his voice. Let us read Romans 12 too, and be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that it may prove what is that good and acceptable perfect will of God. What is obvious in this Christian realm, TV viewers, is the confusion and division over what God will accept as being righteous and how is a person saved from the consequences of sin. Salvation is all-inclusive. It is synonymous with the life and works of Jesus Christ and cannot be separated. Salvation involves deliverance, preservation, safety, grace, forgiveness, healing, sanctification, glorification, justification, and redemption. The 144,000 saints who will return with the Lord have been redeemed from the earth and from among men. Sing songs only known to them and have written within their foreheads his Father's name, which is Jesus. They will be the first fruits unto God and to the Lamb. You might ask, how have they achieved such status? The key to their spiritual success was achieved by being obedient to the words of Jesus. The message began when Jesus stood in the synagogue and called all those that were there to marvel at his words, which were inspired by God. In spite of what unbelievers have said, the gospel is very simple. Jesus tells us to believe and be baptized and we'll be accepted by him. If we were measured by how much we were able to understand the scriptures, no one could be saved. But Jesus says, all things are possible to him that believeth. What is impossible with man is possible with the Lord. When Jesus spoke in the synagogue, he was revealing the plan that was set in place when Adam and Eve fell to sin. In other words, the seed of Eve would bruise the head of Satan, whereas the seed of Satan would only bruise the heel of Eve's seed. The passage in Genesis highlights the conflict between good and evil, and right and wrong. However, it would be essentially for the Savior of mankind would be revealed. Now that the pattern of good works had been set in place, through Reformation, the second phase of his plan went into effect. That is the effort to change the minds or disposition of mankind. Paul referred to it as a renewing of the mind. Whatever we may have previously thought of what righteousness is or what faith is all about, we should dismiss and align ourselves in the manner God finds acceptable. Transformation means the change of the moral character of better. It is important that we sincerely and consistently prove what is the will of God in our lives. This is the transformation that takes place. When God first found us, our efforts were employed to please men and not God. Let us read 2 Corinthians 3, 17 to 18. Now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with open face, beholding as in glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the spirit of the Lord. Saints of the Lord are very knowledgeable of what the Lord has in store for them now and in the kingdom of God. It is obvious that the building blocks for the tribulation period are in the making. God makes us to know these things, but the time of his return is known only through the Father. The events of the tribulation period are well known. And God tells us to prepare that we will be found worthy to escape the hour of temptation. By having faith, we believe in new heavens and a new earth. We believe the Lord will cleanse this world of sin and everything will be made new. We understand what is required of us to enter into the kingdom of God because he tells us through the scriptures that there is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of us all. As Paul put it, through transformation, we become a reflection of the Lord and his glory surrounds us. How is this done? It is achieved through water baptism. 
which resurrects us into the new life in Christ. Having the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and before all honor is humility. Water baptism is multi-purpose. Reformation has made full salvation and full free through Jesus Christ. First and foremost, the name of Jesus. When it's ministered in water baptism, it cleanses the soul of sin and the soul is saved. Passing through the waters of baptism, a transformation has taken place. The old is made new for, for service in righteousness. Yes, viewers, baptism becomes an apparent identification that you have associated yourself with the Lord and that you carry his name, Jesus. Being baptized says you want to get involved in the work of the Lord and want to be part of his special people through whom he might show his glory. Let us turn to and read Acts 2, 40 to 41. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they gladly received his word with baptized. And the same day they were added to them 3,000 souls. Yes, the word of God confirmed with signs and wonders brought souls to repentance that they chose to be baptized. Previously they had no knowledge of baptism, but after hearing the word, they made the right decision. Water baptism is essential to salvation. If you love the Lord, he says to keep his commandments. If you'd like to know more about God's Word, the church, and review these telecast presentations in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. Until our next telecast, this is your host, Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., expressing my sincere appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come into your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hall of His hands. The church band will end the program with a toe-tapping song, Looking for That Blessed Hope.
The preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.